0: Triple M's Real Football Show. Oh, what a goal! Where Chris Ditmar, Albie Kidd, and Val Migliaccio discuss the biggest issues affecting fans of the round ball. Terrific run and a super finish. The Triple M Real Football Show. Well, another huge one today on the Triple M Real Football Show. We go to Sao Paulo in Brazil to have a great chat with the great Ricardo Seton. Many of you people know who he is, others don't. Now, Ricardo. A wealth of knowledge. He was Brazil's director of media for the 2002 FIFA World Cup and also in 1998. And, of course, in 2002, uh, Brazil won the tournament, beating Germany 2-0 in the final. In Yokohama, he was very, very close to the real Ronaldo. Johnny, there's only one Ronaldo, the real one. Only one. Or there's two, but (laughs) this guy's the real one. Ronaldinho Carful. And Rivaldo Zico as well, who wanted to coach in the A-League not that long ago. And he'll give us a bit of an insight on Neymar, who he knows quite well. And uh, he did some work with him be- before he-, he became this huge superstar. And he's a good friend of mine, I'm- I may add, Johnny.
1: Absolutely. And no, I might move- I might leave the room for that one and let you two just catch up <laughs> and uh, reminisce about the old times as well. <laughs> now,
0: plenty up for debate. Yep, The A-League and W-League have finally... Yes. Release some fixtures. And uh I can't believe the start date. Well,
1: we'll we were promised uh October 30, I think, from memory, and uh, now it's been pushed back to uh, November 19th. The first game's gonna be on a Friday night, and it's gonna be November 19th, City versus Raw. So it's gonna be um not the, the biggest game going around, but uh it's gonna be huge and it's some big changes as well. It's only six games have released, so Begs the question: Are they going to do the similar style to what AFL did this year and release six games in a row um, at a time? And uh, the biggest thing that I've noticed in this fixture, Saturday night fixtures, which is meant to be the big game of the week, is going to be played on Channel Ten, and you can also watch it on Paramount Plus and all the other games. But the main ones on Channel Ten, what they're doing is they they're going to do it head to head, head to head. Both games going to be is on that the not same crazy? time. Well, it does seem crazy, but the reasoning behind it. I don't know if you're a fan of this, but what they're gonna do is a goal rush style. So the main game on channel ten is gonna focus on that one big game, but also it's gonna do live crosses to the second game to so it has exposure for the other game as well. So they're using channel ten to get the um, as many games out there as possible. So even though it's only one game, they're gonna be crossing to the other stadium while the other one the main game's on for any goals, updates, um, anything like that that's going on in the game, any big moments. So probably worth a
0: shout. That's uh a good incentive.
1: I think it's it's a it's a great a, a great incentive. And the first um the first Saturday night fixture is actually going to be um the Sydney derby, and the second game is going to be a, all sort of a Melbourne derby between Melbourne Victory and Western United. So. Well, it is a Melbourne derby. Yeah. Well, not yeah, the original. Both not from, the both original. From isn't yeah. It?
0: The other thing too, and I don't think it was mentioned in the in the release. I'm led to believe there's only 22 home and away matches in in the A League Mm. this season. Which, for mine, if um, we're aspiring to become elite professionals, that is nowhere near enough games.
1: Well, it's only what that only works out to be playing each other home and away only. So, yeah, not not, not enough. enough. Um, It's a hard one to say because with the COVID restrictions and stuff, 22 might be. Okay, just to, get, to hurry up and get it out there. That, that might be the reasoning behind it, but I would love to see. Yeah, but
0: by the end of the year, aren't we opening up our international borders according to SCOMO? COVID should be all over and done.
1: Potentially. But we don't and know that. We but...
0: don't, we're, we're going backwards in, in terms of giving our elite footballers less time as a professional. It's equal to what they're playing in the NPL in all the states. And I think we're we're at least 10 games short. Absolutely. and
1: 30 and, and like, is the minimum. For sure, you go
0: to England. They they got thirty eight games, home and away. They got the 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 Carabao Cup, which was played this yep. morning. The FA Cup, Italy's the same. France is the same, and we're dropping our games. I'm thinking, hey, people, we need to have mm. more games if you want to really compete at the top level. Doesn't that's my opinion? It
1: doesn't seem like enough at all. But uh, and also the uh, the first four rounds of the W League have been released as well. So um, that's. Another Boy, huge one. Well, that's
0: good, and they're starting just about nearly at the same time.
1: Yeah, so 3rd no, of December is Very the, bad English, am mine. 3rd <laughs> 2, of December. So two weeks later, and uh, the other thing is, in if you go to South Australia, Adelaide, they're going to be doing a double header in round four. So here in um, uh, Cooper Stadium on a Thursday night, though, so it means the women's will be kicking off 4.35 local time. So a bit of an early one, but it is two days before Christmas. So On a Thursday? On a Thursday. 4 o'clock? Four, 4.30 on a Thursday, but... It is the Thursday before Christmas. Christmas is on the Saturday, so a lot of people might be on holidays already, and uh, school holidays are in uh, full swing by that point. It's a it's a weird one, but it's good to see a double header back at Cooper Stadium for the local football.
0: Yeah, off for of the debate, the Australians. So, Lucy Quinn can go right footed. McCabe left footed. It's Quinn. Oh, goal! The Republican Ireland take the lead. Ireland oh, couldn't keep it out, and Lucy Quinn. Just three minutes into her senior international debut for Ireland has given the home team the lead over Australia. Oh, that's a good ball. Gilnick got a touch on that.
2: Fowler's shot. Oh, and there's the goal. Mary Fowler
0: equalises for the Australians. Courtney Brosnan should have kept this out. It was hit
2: with great power.
0: The Matildas played the Republic of Ireland um, yesterday morning our time they hadn't won a game this is Ireland hadn't won a game for seven matches we go down 2-0 mm. uh, we we lost 3-2 I beg your pardon um Mary Fowler the highlight of the actual game Sam Kerr plays a 100th game for the Matildas it was a disaster now the spotlight has been shone by the coach Tony Gustafson on the team he's actually put him on the on on notice for not playing to what's expected yep Now, Matilda's under Gustafsson. Two wins, two draws, eight losses. But he's shining the torch on his team. And I'm thinking for us to be a real powerhouse by the time 2023 World Cup arrives in Australia, we need to be better. I don't know what's going on. I'd love to find out what's going on, but social media has sort of... Giving a few cryptic hints from key people on social media that are well entrenched in the women's game that something's not right behind the scenes.
1: Absolutely, and uh, well, the, the third minute own goal from Mackenzie Arnold—that would it's not the way you want to start off a game either. That could have turned the game up um, upside down. And uh, from the get go, we, so we play
0: we played Ireland. We didn't, we haven't played the US. They're ranked thirty third. Yeah,
1: right? I know. I know. But what 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 needs to be done? It's it's has it's been we were on a we we're on a good um trajectory a few years back and now we are just under Alan Stadie absolutely before he he was
0: unjustifiably sacked.
1: What what needs to be done to get us back on that track? Because we we've got a World Cup coming in uh in 2023 and we need to be yeah. uh, the best team going around that point because that's the the best chance we've got of winning it um on home on home soil. Absolutely. So
0: what but. Yes, I think a few things. So Europe's now becoming a powerhouse for clubs. So a lot of the ladies are actually going over Europe, whereas before they went to the US, the the better Matildas players went to the US and came back home, played W League when there was a break. So I think they're not spending as much time as a group as what they were because I remember back in the day when Stadge had the team, they they used to spend weeks on end in Canberra and under at the AIS headquarters getting themselves ready. I remember he, they, they did that just before the 2015 World yeah. Cup, and we did okay. We didn't do brilliantly, but we did okay. Well, things have changed in that sort of sense. Europe's getting better. They're investing big money in coaching. Yep. And uh, look at the, the 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 Super League or the, the Women's Super League in England. The CDR's picking up. The Spanish league's picking up. The French league's picking up. And my concern is that we're going to be left behind again. And the W League, I don't know how many games they're going to be playing. It's good to see Wellington now in the W yep. League. We don't play enough games.
1: No, absolutely not. And uh, they've got two more teams coming in next season as well. It's going to bring the, the, the tally up. So it's going to be close to the A League, amount of teams is the A League. So, But the thing is, I've spoken to a few people that are involved in women's football, and I just think it may dilute the plays that we already have here in Australia, we need to work out the um the grassroots first and build it up. What's um, I don't. It's a hard one to say because it's we were at a good place a few years back, and now it's just dropped a little yeah, bit. We did
0: okay, in mm. Tokyo. We finished fourth, which was okay, but then we seem to go backwards, which is not good. Can not we, just? And p- we've got big games coming
1: up. I can't pinpoint it. So, well, I think it's a culmination of the mm. thing,
0: and it's probably best to get on a an expert. Be good to get the coach on one day, Tony Gustafsson. See if we can pick his brain.
3: Não existe a falta e a sobra do Brasil com Gilberto Silva botou para Ronaldinho tentou patir Ronaldinho marcação em cima dele tá difícil arrancada ali pelo meio dos alemães é muito difícil ele insiste briga pela bola insiste Ronaldinho para o oh. Rivaldo o oh. espaço bateu para o oh. gol olha bem que Ronaldinho bateu.
0: for passion and we go uh, all the way to Sao Paulo, Sao Paulo in Brazil to have a great chat with Ricardo Setion and Ricardo was Brazil's director of media for the 2002 FIFA World Cup when they won the tournament beating Germany 2-0 in the final and also the 1998 World Cup and he was in charge there and I'm very close to Ricardo and obviously Ricardo was very close to some of the greatest players in the world. Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, Cafu, and other legends such as Zico. And welcome for the first time in the Triple M Real Football Show, Ricardo Setion.
3: What a pleasure, finally, to be in touch with Val and to the guys and the friends and listeners in Australia. That's what's been supposed to happen, this connection, this link internationally for people to try to enjoy this passion that we need through football, within football, and with football. Thanks for the opportunity, Val.
0: Absolutely. no, any time. And, Ricardo, before I get into the legends of the game and we heard, you know, the goals from Ronaldo and Yokohama Stadium in the final, where I had the pleasure of being in the uh, change room after the final, thanks to you, celebrating with Brazil. (laughs) Now, Neymar, He's, he's the player on everybody's lips at the moment. And, and last week I was reading where he earns an extra €375,000 net a month as part of an ethical bonus that's included in his PSG contract.
3: No, 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 no. You're, you're, you're out of date. I mean, we're, okay, we're out of, of date. <laughs> €541,000 a month for him in a clause of the contract that says he has to salute the fans, to wave to the fans before the game, wave to the fans again and applaud the fans at the end of the game, but also he cannot criticize publicly the work of the coach and his staff, and also he is supposed to be available for interviews and cannot complain about the team itself. Those are six different items of the contract, that are and will not be uh, I would say (laughs) imposed on him what I can tell you this is a way of finding another hole on the famous fair play dance that is taken over Europe basically he gets basically he gets exactly exactly half American dollar per second I repeat half American dollar per second but that's that's half of what Messi gets to second. It's an account of being Neymar is not playing. There's a difference.
2: Yeah.
0: So, you know, just with Neymar, and obviously you would know him because of the connection with Brazil. Yeah. As a human being, off the park, what is he like? Because on the park, he's a, he's a fantastic player, but he can be very uh, prickly. He, he's an agitator. But I, lo- I love his skills. I don't like his diving. But what, what is he like off the park as a human?
3: Well, well I think that you've made one of the most important and unique questions i have been asked recently. Because, you know, working for the BBC World Radio Service, working for Japan, working for a few countries, no one actually asks exactly what you just said. How is he like as a human being? Yeah. Oh, I remember in the work of the ai when, when he fell to the turf and was turning around, it became a, a meme all over the world, and then he's an agitator, whatever you want to say. I can guarantee you from someone that knows him and his father very well, very well, when he was a year before leaving Brazil, I hired him as an ambassador for Soccer X. Oh, yes. those who don't know what is Soccer yeah. like, we're talking about the biggest event in football until 2017 when the crisis came, uh, we used to gather 8 to 10,000 people in Johannesburg and then in Rio de Janeiro well he accepted to be an ambassador as free of charge just because he knew he was enhancing the youth and Santos, his club what I can say is that he's not an angel but he's somebody that has very little formal education. He's not like you or me or someone that just went to school and then college and then university and then... No, he's someone that by the age of seven, he was already being watched by top uh, scouts. At seven? And he's somebody that at age, age 16, he was already with a, with a salary that was higher than half of the professional team of Santos. So that's wow. A? B. B until the age of eleven, this kid lived with his parents and his sister and his and and, and his uncle in a one-room house. Yeah, living literally everybody sleeping in the living room because there was no 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 sleeping room. Sure. So, well, what happens? Today, he has two helicopters. One of them designed with the Batman logo. He has uh, two yachts. He has apartment buildings. He has. An amazing how that costs more than $10 U.S. million by the beach, uh, an hour away from Rio. And he's active on the, uh, social media. For us, it looks like someone who is completely not responsible and so on. But I must tell you, he's somebody who's not prepared to be as big as he is. Do you understand yeah. that Neymar, from the age of 17, was the only idol we had in this country? And he still is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If
3: you look around, you can talk to me about anybody. Vinicius from Madrid. You can talk about anybody. Nobody's an idol. Neymar is the only idol we have. So, good or bad, he's he is he's the guy that bears and carries on his back the whole 210 million people, plus the tens of millions of people that support Brazil. Every time he touches the ball, he must make a skill. Allow me all the ten seconds long. I'll just tell you something from Barcelona. You remember Suarez and Messi, right? Yeah. El El Tridente, as they call it. The Trident. Yeah, Trident. Correct. Thank you. Trident is a chewing gum in Brazil. Anyway, (laughs) uh, you know, people would go to to watch the, the trio, right? Fine. That's beautiful. But, you know, Visiting Barcelona and checking out what happens. You know, I don't care about the game itself. When I'm happening as I did with you in in friends we go around the stadium, we see the passion, we see the people, we see the vendors, the hot dog, the fans the approaching the and so on. And so I do when I go to Barcelona, as I did right uh, last month when I saw Barcelona playing in in Camp Nou. And, and, and the, the thing I saw there is that kids coming With their parents to visit Catalonia beaches and Barcelona city, the first thing they do is buy a jersey from Barcelona. And you know, to see those blonde kids coming from Denmark, from Sweden, (laughs) from Holland, from France, and they all have one choice, Maymar's jersey. Still. Everybody had the battles like Messi. But the kids, 12 down, 1212 year old down, they all, why? Because the only guy that can make a show is Neymar. Yeah. Messi is a great player. He can make a technical move, but Neymar, no. Neymar will make the bicycle move and then the the dribble of the cow when he throws the ball from one side and runs from the other side of the back of the the defender. And kids love it. And, 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 And people love it all over the world. So he bears that responsibility. And you know what? I think that he came out quite well coming from his background. Yeah. And he's somebody that, like for Robinho Gaúcho, as you know very well, smiles when he plays.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And go find another player like this. But I think that crisis is part of his game, of his life. He cannot avoid crisis. He's all the time in crisis. And right now, uh, if you want, we can keep talking about it. But right now, we have a Neymar that I would say he is more or less like Robinho. Remember Robinho?
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, well, Robinho cannot leave his apartment. He lives in Santos, which is uh, 60 kilometers away from Sao Paulo. The great Robinho, Manchester City, Real Madrid, Milan, Santos, Brazil, well, this kid cannot leave his apartment because of the accusations he had in in Italy. The courts punished him, and if he leaves Brazil, he has an Interpol warrant, and he can go to jail. I would say that Neymar is not that dramatically... Situated, but right now people in, in France are a bit fed up with him.
2: Yeah. And in Brazil,
3: have, people cannot see him. Painted in gold, you don't want to see him.
2: Yeah. Which, and Neymar,
3: uh, at the age of 29, will not have
2: <laughs>
3: never again a prize of FIFA, the best player of the year, as he always dreamt. Yeah. So, sincerely, I think we are seeing the dawn. The start of the fall of one of the
0: biggest actors in the world. Yeah, yeah, no, which is a shame. But I mean, we'll, we'll cast our minds back a few years when, obviously, Brazil—the last World Cup won was 2002. Players like Ronaldo, Nazzari, Luis Nazário, Ronaldinho, Cafu. Even further back, we go to Zico. We go to Romario. Have we seen the end of of the of the Brazilian era? Because I, at the moment personally i can't see brazil winning a world cup for a little while how how do you see it
3: well first of all uh nobody expected it in 58 and brazil beat all odds in sweden and was champion uh, in 62 brazil beat strong teams in chile and again twice world champion uh '70, well, that was music, symphony of football, and Brazil was definitely the best team ever, yeah. the best squad in all-eastern football. But then, 9-4, we beat Italian on penalties. I would say we were lucky. Uh, 2002, I think uh, we started to see what we have now, which is a bunch of talented guys that don't have against them uh silly dump squads. I mean, if you play Australia in 1989, you were the guy that had to play Fiji and Israel to reach the world.
0: Yeah, that's right.
3: Now you're strong. Now you're a strong team in Brazil. You cannot just go and as we did in, I don't know if you were there, in Saudi Arabia 1997. Confederation I wasn't camp, there but we got smashed. Camp, yeah.
0: just six nil. Yeah. Huh? But after a 0-0 draw yeah. at first, though. In the group game, it was nil-nil. Oh,
3: All right. <laughs> as we say in Portuguese, there are no more in people. Yeah. There are no more Bolivias and Venezuelas. It's over.
2: Yeah.
3: It's over. And Brazil is not developing. So, what we have now is what we have seen in 2002, which is a bunch of extremely talented boys. and Rivaldo, who is shy as hell, gets the ball like a cork opener, like a bottle opener, and yeah. there is traffic jam in front of him in the form of German defense. Yeah. And Ronaldo, Peter, and Cafu with the iron lungs, and goalkeepers that we can really applaud them for years for because they saved the national team. So what again is happening, and since 2002 that is the tendency, is that Brazil brings... A bunch of highly talented players. Look at Paqueta playing now for Olympique Lyon. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, look at Firmino two years ago in Liverpool. I mean, amazing. Look at Vinicius Jr. now in Real Madrid. People are applauding him. Benzema is saying he's the, the future. So, these kids, again, fully talented. But our coaches, and that is what answers your question, our coaches are low level. We don't have Brazilian coaches anywhere in Europe. Yeah. Our coaches not even are going to be Arab countries anymore. Really? Which means to yeah, we don't first of mean, uh, twenty years ago Brazil was like everywhere. Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Qatar, everywhere. Even in Australia you have Brazilian coaches.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: Now you don't find them. You don't find them. Which means, tactically, we are getting fully, uh, I would say, um, lack of credit, lack of... Uh, and you don't have coaches. Scolari was jobless for two years.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: Scolari, a world champion. Yeah. So no coaches and no more full, uh, I would say, silly uh, national team than there. So if you play Germany and you, you start thinking that you can overtake them, you fall asleep and they score seven goals.
0: Yeah, that that was a nightmare, uh, wasn't it? Back in the 2014. Yeah. Brazil yeah.
3: played Peru. The last match was uh, two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. Brazil played Peru at home. Yeah. And really hard, really hard. We beat them two nil. Peru was awful. It's an awful team. You don't want to see them playing. And Brazil hardly beat them two nil. So, you see, today we are first place in the qualifying for the World Cup. 100% record, not a single loss. Nobody scored more than Brazil. Yeah. But the other teams are awful. I mean, Argentina is so-so. And Brazil is okay first place, guaranteed in the World Cup. But we don't have any standard of playing. We don't have uh, nothing going on. No geniuses. no is criticized. So, you're right.
2: Yeah. Brazil
3: will not be world champions but we have high stars that are going to make you uh, understand that uh, still Brazil has something on, on, on our water that mm-hmm. makes kids come out with like this kid Rodrigo from uh, Real Madrid I suggest strongly that people watch this kid yeah. Rodrigo from Real Madrid and David Neres from Ajax and Anthony from Ajax and uh, this kid that just signed with Atletico in Madrid from Hertha Berlin. Um, uh, players that are simply out of this world. But, again, no coaches, no no technical advancements, and basically, everybody wants to beat Brazil. So I right. don't think Brazil will get far. Hopefully, hopefully Neymar comes back with his senses, which I hardly believe, because, can I just uh, share the information what happened at the end of the game? He became the Second best scorer in history of Brazil in qualifiers wow. for the World Cup since 1930. Gee. In front of him, just yes, Kelle. Behind it, yeah. him, Zico and Romário.
2: Yeah. And the yeah.
3: reporter he TV asked Neymar, "How do you feel now that you're just behind Kelle a few goals, which basically he's going to overtake Kelle and talking about the king of football?" And he only answered like this: "I." do not know what to do anymore with this jersey on my back. People oh. always complain. That's the only intelligent thing he thought of saying. <laughs> so now also the fans are not uh, on his side.
2: Well, that's He's not very
0: intelligent. Pelé
3: or, he yeah, should have appreciated Pelé. 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 In
0: that's that's, in that's probably his biggest problem. There.
3: Exactly. And, and Pelé is in hospital. I don't know if you guys know, the yeah. Pelé is in hospital for two weeks already. Yeah, Improving. And he was so undelicate by saying, yes, I hope to overtake Palace soon. I mean, the guy's in hospital.
2: Yeah, give him uh, a break.
3: Shut up, you know, shut up.
1: But <laughs> no. no,
3: he speaks, and he speaks his mind. Now no one likes him. It's very hard to find media fans, players, coaches, and friends, too. People are very angry with very angry. Yeah.
0: let's. I want to cast your mind back to 2007, when you came to Adelaide. And uh, we went to Melbourne together. We, we watched Adelaide United at a Melbourne victory and I was after a training Correct. session and I was typing my um, pre-game report on a rubbish bin outside of uh, yep, Olympic Park.
3: I drove your Jeep and I got a huge fine. Oh,
0: that's right. <laughs> Which hasn't been paid for yet. <laughs> but but back, back in those days, we had an influx of Brazilians and, and I suppose that the highest profile brazilian that we had playing regularly was casio who, who was an excellent flamingo player and he was great for adelaide united good service and uh he's he's now retired brazil seems to have dried up in the a league it used to be fashionable and we had a good influx of brazilians some of them not so big in name but quality football players why aren't they coming back here
3: Well, sincerely, I think Australia is just part of the whole huge line of people that unfortunately do not scout players uh, in the right way. Uh, for me, Australia should be in the front line of having the best players at young age, exactly like Portuguese and Dutch clubs do. Yeah, you come, you verify well, you just don't go with agents to go with clubs. Uh, Many people don't know, but uh, Red Bull, this club from Austria, from Germany, from New York, has also Red Bull Brazil. Yeah. Agents don't even cross the outside door of the club. So, that's A. B, you want to see something funny, Val? Yeah. You remember Juninho, Paulista?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, he was here for a month only. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Exactly. But he was. Yeah. I was with him in Sydney. He was. I mean, somebody was bright enough to bring him over.
2: Yeah.
3: Well, today, all national teams, all national teams of Brazil, the senior, the Olympic, the under-20, the under-17, the women are under his scrutiny and management. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. That... You guys are working with wrong tools and wrong people. I, I have but to agree you with you, Ricardo.
0: Well. They're, they're not branching out yeah. into, into the right markets and, and probably good affordable markets Greg, as well.
3: I was talking with your ex-player. I forgot his family name, Craig. Craig. Uh, uh, he's he's a, a commentator in TV with National Team of Australia, Craig.
0: Not Greg Blake, many years ago. No,
3: no, Craig, Craig Foster. Craig, yeah, Craig like Foster. That.
0: Yeah, yeah. I got you now.
3: No, no, no. SBS. No, no, no. no SBS. No, no, no.
2: Okay. Um, You'll get that.
3: I forgot. <laughs> well, For he's <laughs> a huge player from Australia. You should know. Um, maybe I'm wrong with the Craig. I don't know. An SBS ex-player commentator. Yeah, yeah. Craig um, Foster. No, it's not. It's Foster. Well, might be. Yeah, ex soccer room. Yeah, yeah, I was telling him that uh, the idea that Australia with the level of football that they have in the A League should be aligned with Holland and especially Porto. You know, Porto yes. has made billions of dollars by selling players and there's you no know, Hulk who has been all over the world started in Porto. Yeah. You see, so knowing how to pick the players and not just going through agents. And, you know, facts are the only proof we need. People can come and say, ah, he's not, he doesn't know what he's talking about. No, I know what he's talking about. Yeah. I've been to Australia 10 times, and I know Brazil, and I know the agents, and I've seen how Lady United moved back then. Yeah. People that just have a vision, which is quite arrogant, and do not see that if you don't know something... You go with people with proven success. Have you heard of this proven success? Yeah, hundred percent. Not people that don't speculate. We learned that in FIFA. Yeah. Work with excellency. Where yeah. no doubts are above the table. Work with proven success. People that that have sold right players, clubs that have healthy players, which is what I Just well, listen. Uh, two weeks ago, I was in Amsterdam, and I was the guest of Ronald De Boer. Yeah. the famous play of Ajax in Barcelona. And, we, and he took me to the academy, the academy of Ajax in, uh, in the outskirts of Amsterdam. And it was an amazing, amazing adventure. And I was asking him about how they picked the kids and how, well, first of all, I personally sit with the kids and talk to him. Mm. And, and not one chat, but a few chats. Then with his parents. And if I don't feel good about the personality... I cannot have him in my team, even if he's a genius. Yeah, that's right. I want people that can sit and talk, and that they have responsibility, and that they understand they are part of a team, and they are not stars. And that's how you start to become a real interesting player. And they have now two young bright talents who were champions of the Olympics. So you can that is proven success. Yeah, David Nerys yeah. and Anthony were gold medal in Tokyo. So you cannot argue with success. Why Australia? And I'm sure Australia can pay ten, twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars 20000 $30,000 a month. I'm sure you can pay that for a player.
2: Yeah, yeah. And
3: yeah, yeah. Uh, money is not an issue. I always hear that money is an issue. And I'm sorry. Because Australia... We we always say that Australia is Brazil that got rich. We <laughs> have the same sport fashion. We have the same... The same uh, Temperatures. We have the same joyful life. It's ridiculous that we don't have more sportsmen and mostly soccer players yeah. uh, in Australia. So basically, it's 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 on your side. I and mean, we are smart. They are going to sell you garbage. You buy garbage. It's, yeah. it's and you pay for it dearly. We have dearly. Yeah. pardon me.
0: I said you buy garbage and you pay for it dearly because you keep uh, exactly. yeah yeah the whole exactly. the whole competition. No, I would like
3: suffers. To ask you, well, I, would, I would like to know from you, Val, why, with your international knowledge, and you do know the world, how do you explain that Australia has never brought a single Brazilian talent out of the world that came and prepared and then moved from Australia to England or to anywhere? Why? Why in 35 years you cannot mention one single player? The only thing you can mention is Cassio, who never knows in the world.
0: Yeah, I can't. I can't give you the answer, but 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 you're probably right. They're looking in the wrong markets and and not expanding um, the horizons and 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 scouting turf which is being conquered by other nations. And you even you talk about Brazil. Look at the Italian national team that won the recent Euro. They had Jorginho, yeah. Brazilian, Toloi, yeah. yeah. a Brazilian. Uh, the I'm left back, three. the, 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 the yeah. left back as well, a Brazilian. Sure. So they're doing yeah. something right. They, they know what's going on.
3: Yeah, and Jorginho is supposed to be the best player in Europe this year. Something yeah. like that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So something is wrong. But you know, where is the difficulty? Is called sports management, not uh, intuition. Don't work with intuition. Intuition you leave to go to the to the scouts or to the I don't know how to who, but. Work with intelligence. It's today we are in a different world. You have all the all the software for scouting. That's fine, yeah, but that doesn't indicate psychology. You see, numbers are very interesting. Statistics are very cool. But when you go with your foot on the turf, you are a person. And when your personality is under scrutiny, you're not happy. Or something happening at home. You don't do it with show. Right, well, let's say you fight at home. You'll not you do the same show as you would if you had amazing evening with your family. Yeah, it's yeah. The yeah, you're You know right. that because we have passion before tactics.
2: Now, but, uh, Ricardo. Right
3: now, no, just kidding. Right, right now, just a Right now, in these days, we have the FIFA Futsal World Cup in Lithuania. You know how many players from Brazil come from futsal? All of them. <laughs>
0: I agree. That's another market where Australia where needs to look into the Brazilian yeah. football futsal market. Yeah,
3: yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah.
3: No, I'm saying take Neymar, take Ronaldinho, take Romário. They all started with a background of futsal, so that's what you need to check because futsal gives you skills and space, uh, uh, location, and 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 especially uh, this quickness of thoughts that inside an 11-side soccer gives you the edge that no one in Europe has. That's why you go to futsal. That's just a a simple example.
0: Yeah, but I I agree, but there's a a mentality against it here, unfortunately. Ricardo, we could talk here for years and years and years, and before I let you go, we'll get you back again, because this has been a fantastic insight to Brazilian football. Emerson was the player that played for Italy and won the Euro. But um, We'll keep in touch. Love to you, my friend. Definitely. Yes, thank you. And I uh, ho- hope you. your mama stays well as well. And hopefully you come back thank to Australia and, and teach some of the Brazilian ways and do some good business.
3: That's the future. That's the future. And I hope we can also talk about Argentina and other phenomenons in the Central and South America, which I think fans deserve to know. Brazil is interesting, but many countries are very interesting too. And we have to talk about Messi. We have to talk about so many other players that deserve uh, a little bit of the attention of your world football show. And thank you again for the chance, opportunity, and delighted to be part of it. Have an amazing day, and I hope you guys have the success you deserve. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Ricardo.
1: It lives and breathes through every match, every player that takes the field, every roar of the crowd. Believe me, the FFA Cup, it's magic.
2: Well,
0: how about that? Ricardo Setian all the way from Sao Paulo. The line was a little bit muffled. He didn't have a mask on. He was telling us before we uh, actually called him Johnny.
1: Yep. Am I allowed back in now to
0: join yep. you? Yep. That but, was good chat, uh, mate. Very good chat. Uh, a wealth of information and, and background. And he is pretty close to all the, all the Brazilian internationals we're talking mm. and, uh, we'll talk on about. And hopefully we get him back in Australia one day because he's got... Like I said, a wealth of knowledge and connections, and yeah, and he made some good points about you know reconnecting with Brazil and and what Porto have done with Brazilian players and and pushed them through the transfer market and it's something which uh, I think we need to do over here. But let's um, move on. FFA Cup, Johnny. There's a couple of results to talk about. Um, obviously, only three games are being played because of COVID, COVID. Mm. and um, this week Queensland Lions. their badge looks a lot like. Brisbane Roars. Similar. Well, that's sort of born. I think Brisbane Roar was born out of. There is a little. Yeah, there is a
1: bit of connection in the early days. Yeah, absolutely.
0: The old Hollandia, I think it's called, Mm. in in Brisbane. Thrash Kaziorina. Kaziorina from the Northern Territory 6-0. Yep. On um, Sunday in Perth. And this is grand final Saturday in Perth. Hopefully this uh, (laughs) COVID doesn't take off because we've got a bit of an alert, haven't we? Yeah. The, there has Tru- been the truck driver. There has been a border. truck,
1: there has been a truck driver drive through, I think, New South Wales, South Australia, and then into well, WA. It's
0: it stays okay. So floriot hosts Adelaide United in Perth and Adelaide United uh haven't had any serious lead up games to this one. So Florent could be a darkie here. Mm. They shouldn't it shouldn't be an upset because it's the pros against the semi pros. So Sunday kick off at midday in Perth.
1: 2.30 Adelaide time, so... Or 1 o'clock in birth, so yeah. it could be a dark horse. Yep, it could be. I don't know, I'm actually not sure what the outcome's going to be in this game, Um, but oh. I'm intrigued to see what's going to... Well, Adelaide
0: haven't played any decent no. opposition, they played in-house matches. Yep,
1: so I don't know what to expect from Adelaide United, Um, but they do have uh, a couple of the the new recruits in the squad that hopefully could play, like Isaias, but they are the older ones, which you've pointed out many times, so... We don't know um, what to expect, to be honest. And uh, on the bench, Joe Gauchi won't be on the bench either. We've got um, Dakota. Dakota back as Ocean well. Oxshin so We might see him they get a never run. Have left. Who knows? But I'm looking forward to it. And then uh, Adelaide o- Olympic the, on the following Wednesday. Yeah, played Jean
0: Deloup from uh, Western Australia in Perth again. And it's, it's a strange one. I thought the fixture could have been reversed because Olympic, obviously part time players. Mm. They're going to miss out two days of work. These boys, I don't know if they're covered for it, but uh, it's good to see that Olympic and and we've got also Adelaide City in the cup as well. Uh, yep. So for the first time, where we're having three teams from South Australia in the FA Cup,
1: I don't believe it's the first time. I reckon it was a few years back, but it was uh, it was what this one is because uh, South Australia's been given two places for local teams. But I think before one of I can't remember which team it was, but they won the uh, national. It was um, Campbelltown. yeah, Campbelltown won the NPL Cup that year. So good point there, Johnny. Yeah, but
0: the first time they've qualified through the NPL yes, Cup.
1: That's correct. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the local uh, how the local boys pull up, and especially Olympic. They've had a not too bad run in the local leagues in South Australia, which ended miraculously. Uh, on the weekend, so in South Australia. yeah,
0: comments, uh, the premiers well, people call them minor premiers to me. They're the premiers, and then the we have the, the, the championship winner,
1: absolutely. And uh, all, all three leagues came down to the final the final game, and uh, second uh, going into the final game ended up being champions across all three leagues, which is the first time I think in a very long time that's happened. So, White City. Missing out as well, so Do- yeah, Damien they've got Murray to come up
0: through the uh, the hard way. The playoffs, Adelaide Uni. <laughs> yep, same thing for so long, and they've got to come up now through the playoffs. Port Adelaide got up at the last minute, but it's good to see Port coming yeah. back up.
1: And yeah, it's, it's a lot of things happened in uh, in the games, and also two big clubs being relegated from the NPL as well, with the Raiders and uh, Blue Eagles. So a lot's happened this year. It's been a big year of football in South Australia. So and uh, an even bigger one with A League kicking off in Australia. So I can't wait for that. And I can't wait for the FFA Cup this weekend. Val, are you going to be watching? Of course. Of course you are. All right. It's good show. Hopefully, we'll have uh, Cotier in the studio next week so we can chat about the uh, local football as well with her, the women's football. Triple M's real football show.